You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, it's hour two this Thursday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. By the way, the Cleveland Indians will officially become the Cleveland, Cleveland Guardians on Friday, 23 hours from now. The Guardians team store will open Friday at 9 a.m. with all new merchandise. Paulie, what's it look like for the Cleveland Guardians gear on Friday? Well, it appears like it's last call for Cleveland Indians gear. Mm. If you go to their website, uh, you could still buy classic Cleveland Indians gear. Mm. That's going to change, though. And the, uh, the font style of Guardians looks really close to Cleveland Indians. They're doing their best that it kind of blends in there a little bit. Are you allowed to talk about the Cleveland Indians previously? Uh, like the Washington Redskins, like Joe Gibbs Redskins teams. Can you say that? Are you allowed to say that? Are you allowed to refer to them as that? The Cleveland Indians, are you allowed to talk about them? The team that went to the World Series and faced the Cubs? Team that played the Marlins? Do you say the Cleveland Guardians, even though they weren't the Guardians back then? Yes, Todd? Cleveland baseball team, just to play it safe? Just kind of jump in on that? (laughs) This way you don't offend anybody at all. Cleveland baseball team. Yes, Pauline. Do you think this is going to be the toughest name change to get used to? I still call the Chargers, the San Diego Chargers, about 50% of the time. The Las Vegas Raiders, I, I've got it almost down. But I, I don't think I'm going to be able to call them the Cleveland Guardians on a regular basis till probably three years. Yeah, it's one of those where I still I catch myself saying San Diego Chargers. Always. Or Oakland Raiders. Just feels like it's so ingrained you know, the Washington football team. You know, sometimes I'll slip up and say the Redskins. Probably going to do that with the Cleveland Indians. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. In commemoration of the 35th anniversary of Hoosiers, today's newsletter will include an exclusive interview I did with Maris Valenus. He is better known as Jimmy Chitwood in the movie. He shares how he got hired for the role, as well as some great stories behind the scenes with Gene Hackman and Dennis Hopper. I guess they found 19 more minutes of the movie, and they had a special screening this past weekend. Yeah, Paulie? Yeah, there's a thing called the Knightstown Gym, and where they uh, filmed all the Hickory home games in Mm -hmm. the movie. And there was a couple other scenes, like Buddy, the point guard, had this back and forth with Gene Hackman, and it was cut from the film. We had him on. The actor, his name is... uh, Brad Long, and he said he, he had this long scene with Gene Hackman that was, you know, can you imagine being a, a non-actor doing that? And they, they showed the entire thing to this crowd. We got football coming up tonight. Patriots playing the Falcons Thursday night football. And everything about this, though, it just feels like how much of 28 to 3 is mentioned? Is there an over-under of how many times 28 to 3 is mentioned? Even though Tom Brady's not playing, obviously, but... And I don't know how many players are left over from that Super Bowl, but is that the most famous Super Bowl in history when you consider what you thought it was and what it ended up being that you had overtime? Uh, the Falcons didn't get a chance in overtime. What that meant for careers, Brady adding another, Belichick adding another. If Matt Ryan has a Super Bowl with an MVP, no doubt Hall of Famer. Uh, what happened with Dan Quinn? Head coach, Kyle Shanahan left to become the head coach of the 49ers. Just the impact on that game. But that's coming up tonight with the Patriots 
Six and a half point favorites in Atlanta. Yes, John. What do you think with the NFL the last couple of weeks and some of the weird games and some of the upsets? All the Mac Jones hype is going to come back to get him, and we've effectively jinxed Mac Jones, and somehow Atlanta is going to eke one out tonight. Well, I don't know if we've jinxed him. It just feels like he has played well. They've played well. This is one of those dangerous games where if they play well, he plays well then the Mac Jones love continues another week. If not, and it feels like we've almost gone week to week with a lot of quarterbacks because we start out with Jameis Winston. Oh, Jameis Winston, dark horse MVP. And I went, really? Okay. And then the next week he was not on a horse at all. And now out for the season. By the way, his head coach, Sean Payton, is going to join us coming up. And uh, Sean is... uh, I don't think he has a cameo in the movie, but Sean Payton uh, is uh, portrayed by Kevin James. It's a Netflix movie, and the release date will be January 28th. It's called Home Team, and this is Adam Sandler. Uh, He has Kevin James playing Sean Payton, and this is when Sean Payton got suspended, went to his hometown, and coached his son's Pop Warner team. Kevin James is in it. Uh, Taylor Lautner's in it. I got a cameo in it. Yes, yes, Pauline. I'm pretty surprised Kevin James is playing. Kevin James does not look anything like Sean Payton. I'm sure it's going to look different in the movie, but just body style, head, hairstyle. Yeah, I don't know. That might be a stretch. Yeah. Yes, Todd. And suppose I have to see a little bit more about what it's all about, but that Sean Payton does have a cameo in that movie. Oh, he does. Sneak him in there somewhere. Oh, okay. I wonder if he got the opportunity to pick who he wanted to play him. Like Billy Bean of the Oakland A's, Brad Pitt takes that role. And if you're Billy Bean, you're like, yeah, okay, I like that. Yes, Seton. So is this movie based on Sean Payton or is it about Sean Payton? Is is it like a Sean Payton-like character or is it actually... No, it's it's Sean Payton. It's Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Yeah. Kevin James as Sean Payton. (laughs) Uh, Rob Schneider's also in the movie, in case you were wondering. Yeah, of course. All of Sandler's friends. Who does he play? Drew Brees? What kind of stretch is this? How far are we going here? It's like De Niro if he could play Drew Brees. Yes, McLovin. See, I like it. At least Kevin James is a sports fan. Like Al Pacino clearly had never watched a football game in his life before any given Sunday. He certainly never played in a game. Al Pacino. I've heard other actors interviews said Pacino did not know much about football going into that movie. That's when you really want to rely on somebody's acting ability. Can you act like you know something about football, Al? Todd, go ahead. Every inch gets you a foot. You give me three feet, we get a yard. A hundred yards, we get a touchdown. Who's going to give us that inch? That inch is the difference between a win and a loss. I need to know that you guys are going to give me that inch. Are you going to fight for each other for that inch? Hoo-ah. Thank you, Todd. But then he also played Joe Paterno. He was great as Paterno. Yeah, I thought that he was convincing there. But that felt like it was less about being that on-the-field coach hyping up your team. And if I had a coach who did that, I'd I'd get behind some taller teammates and just giggle. Because I'd be going, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah, McLovin. I think my problem was he dressed like Pat Riley in the movie. And football coaches don't dress like that. No. He's sort of playing an, an, an NBA coach in a way. A little bit. It's like Michael Douglas, you know, took on the persona of Pat Riley, at least how he looked when he did Wall Street. 
Yeah, he wanted to look like Pat Riley. Yeah, Paul. You know, coaches in movies, uh, what's his name? Billy Bob Thornton in uh, Friday Night Lights. I thought he pulled that one off. And then, um, was it uh, Varsity Blues? Might not be the greatest football movie of all time, but John Voight can play a bad guy, yeah. a dislikable guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Denzel Washington. Was he good? And I never saw the movie. You guys remember was, the Titans? No, he was good. No, you're going to make Herb Street mad. That's his uh, pyramid of movies. That's the peak. Herb Street will go to the wall on that movie. Mm. You got to see that. I thought that's pretty good. Yeah. What was the other one? Radio. Was there a? Oh wait, that's a Cuba Goody. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see that one either. Yeah, no, I agree with Paul. Like, I think Remember the Titans is a must, sort of a must-see football rah-rah guy. Will Patton plays the defensive coordinator. I don't know. And Mock, uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, How about uh, who played? The Blind Side. How's that? that? Wasn't Ronald Reagan in Win One for the Gipper? Isn't that a famous old movie? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Uh, I see where Sean Payton is playing. Looks like a mechanic. I got some onset pictures here with... Uh, I got Kevin James as Sean Payton, and I got Sean Payton as maybe that's a mechanic. Looks, yeah, it looks like he just rotated someone's tires or something. And he's taking a little lunch break. <laughs> he looks a little like uh, Frankie Munez. You know, maybe a little bit older Frankie Munez. <laughs> Malcolm in the middle? Yeah, what do you think? All right. We could see that. Could play his dad. Kevin James looks like Dana White, the guy who runs the WWE uh, MMA. He, he looks like Dana White ate Jay Glazer. Oh, come on now. What? What? Oh, what? no. What? 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 Uh, we got merchandise for you. Go to danpatrick.com. You got you hooked up for the holidays. You got calendars, T-shirts, hoodies, beanies, DP Show Puzzle, Penny's Bang Biscuits, Todd's uh, Lamerick greeting cards, and a whole lot more available at danpatrick.com. TJ Watt, Steelers, go to L.A. to face off against Justin Herbert in the Chargers. That'll be 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Earlier this week, Mike Florio, who joined us in the first hour, wrote a post on profootballtalk.com about the NFL someday expanding from 32 to maybe 40 teams. It makes sense because you're talking about financially making sense. This is about gambling. And if you have more inventory, more opportunities, the NFL is going to make a billion dollars off gambling. They're just dipping their toes into it right now. That's why when I go back, what, eight, nine years ago, the outcry from the commissioner and talking about the evils of gambling. And I went, those are the kind of comments that people are going to bring back because it was inevitable. The NFL was going to embrace it, all the other leagues, because all they wanted to do was, what's our slice of the pie? That's all it came down to. They weren't worried about, you know, you uh, taking your rent money and, uh, you know, a two-team parlay. You know, they don't care. They wanted to know, hey, what do we get here? And what's going on in St. Louis with that lawsuit against Stan Kroenke for taking the Rams out of there Florio said could lead to St. Louis. Here's a settlement. Hey, how about we give you a franchise? I don't know if St. Louis is going to go, yep, that's what we want. Another franchise in here. How about if you give St. Louis a franchise and you let St. Louis own it, sort of like the Green Bay Packers? How about that? Does, does anybody, they're doing this in Chicago. This has been, you know, a topic that's been broached. That, how about, hey, you don't want an owner to uh, leave the city? You own it. Let the city profit. 
shareholders have a stock option just like the Packers just did again. Why not do that? That way you can ensure that that team's not leaving anytime soon. But when you start to think about 40 teams, do we have 40 quality quarterbacks? And the answer is no, we don't. I mean, the Jets are going with Joe Flacco this week. Saints are still starting Trevor Simeon. Steelers may go to Mason Rudolph again. Jared Goff is banged up. Tim Boyle has been running the practice for the the Lions. The Cardinals, Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy are banged up. Last Sunday, they played a former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, Chris Streveler. I don't know about expansion here when it comes to quarterbacks, but uh, we're going to see a lot of quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks in the second half of the season. Maybe some third-string quarterbacks as well. Yes, McLovin? Chris Streveler, I have a piece of trivia here that will bother one person. Okay. I was Googling him yesterday. Guess where he went to high school? Chris Streveler. Where did he go to high school? Marion Catholic in Chicago. Exactly. (laughs) Is that correct? (laughs) Yes. I just Googled him. Marion Central Catholic High School. Oh, that's a different school. Oh, it, oh! Okay. I didn't go to Marion Central Catholic. I went to Marion Catholic in Chicago Heights. There's oh. a Marion Central Catholic. I think it's like in uh, uh, West Side or something. Crystal Lake, Illinois. Is that me? Yeah, Crystal Lake, West. Oh, I saw Mary. I'm like, why isn't Paulie bragging about this guy all the time? <laughs> and he was in the CFL, Paul's favorite football league. Oh. You could have fooled me. You could have stuck with it. I would have been like, oh, Chris Stubler. I loved him. Uh, poll question for this hour. Okay, so I, I put up uh, whose career would you want, Matt Ryan or Drew Bledsoe? It's almost 50-50, 53% Matt Ryan. All right. It's a lot closer than I thought. Um, hmm. Yeah, Ryan, I think when you talk about 28-3 too much, people are clicking against Matt Ryan. Yeah, but, you know, Bledsoe didn't have a good Super Bowl. Uh, the one he played in, I think he threw four picks in that. Uh, he went to two, but he wasn't a starter. The reason why we wanted to have Drew on, well, there's a couple of reasons. You know, just talk football, but also in that new documentary on Tom Brady, Bledsoe's the star, episode one. I mean, he talks about they just won the Super Bowl, Brady's first Super Bowl, and he doesn't stay with the team the next day, flies home to Montana. And he's lost his job. He knows he's not going to be the quarterback for the Patriots again. And he's skiing. And he said he got on a chairlift and he broke down crying because it finally started to set in. This was my team until he got hit by Mo Lewis. And we didn't know at the time because you're watching Brady and you're not, he didn't do anything special. Even in the Super Bowl, he didn't do anything special. And all of a sudden you go, Drew Bledsoe just lost his job. Remember the old adage, you don't lose your job to an injury? Huh. That's not the case with Bill Belichick. All right, when we come back, Sean Payton will join us, the Saints head coach. Drew Bledsoe will join us in an hour from now. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. It's amazing. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. There's no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? Even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States that take credit cards take Discover. That means when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. That's discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations do apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app 
at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Sunday night, T.J. Watt and the Steelers go to L.A. to face off against Justin Herbert and the Chargers Sunday 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. I mentioned that uh, Kevin James is starring in a Netflix movie, an Adam Sandler movie, and uh, it's based on Sean Payton's one-year sabbatical from the NFL. He was suspended, goes back to his hometown to uh, coach his son's Pop Warner team. Kevin James plays the role of Sean Payton. The Sean Payton, the Saints head coach, joins us on the program. Did you have any say in who was going to uh, portray you, Coach? <laughs> I didn't. I appreciate I appreciate the pitch, but this was uh, <clears throat> yeah, this was done uh, kind of uh, with Adam Sandler's group, and uh, my daughter had done a little "Where Are They Now?" piece for NFL Network. Oh a couple of years ago and it was about that sixth grade team and um, seven or eight players and the story of that season. And I think it was condensed into maybe a five minute hit on network and Adam saw it and um, asked his brother-in-law, my, my, my daughter's boyfriend, Chris to, uh, he said, write that movie. And that was kind of a big deal for Chris and, you know, Adam doesn't say that all the time. And long story short, you know, here here we are. Um, I'm sure Adam and uh, Kevin and the rest of them from Happy Madison, you know, kind of re, you know looked at it and made their adjustments. So I've I've kind of been a just a, a bystander from afar, and uh, I'm I'm sure it'll be um, more of the humorous tone. And uh, yeah, I think c- certain movies repeat themselves like that. You know, whether it's the Bad News Bears or the Mighty Giants or the. <laughs> The ducks, or ducks. you know what I mean—the <laughs> yeah. the, storyline, yeah. But uh, but do you have we, sc- and, script? And yet we still like them. Do you have script approval? Oh yeah, I I read through it, the whole thing. Yes, and basically, um, there's some parts in there that that are, are they're definitely funny and 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 part of the movie. Um, and uh, more importantly to me was. My ex-wife Beth's thoughts and my son and my daughter, all the people around me, you know, when you get to where you're 57, you're, you're not as worried about what other people think. But I wanted to make sure that my children and uh, Beth felt good about it. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting, though, when you, when you have it based on your life. But I'm wondering, in real life, what did you learn about yourself when you got suspended that year? Well, I would say there, there were two things, you know, you you the first month, you know, you're livid, you're angry. You, you, you I'm going to call it a sham um, and try to be kind, but you go through that. Like you can't believe the way it unfolded and, and what was being said or portrayed by, by the league office. And, and then secondly, you're like, man, this is going to be a long year. If you continue to wake up feeling like this, you know, in other words, and so then you go through that maybe there's three stages that, you know, the next stage is you, you begin to, all right, what are we going to do here? And um, I had recovered from an injury that happened actually in Tampa Bay on the sideline. And so I, I began working out quite a bit, ran a half marathon. Um, I mean, training like daily and then coaching this team or being, I was an assistant. I wasn't the head coach. I was the offensive coordinator of this sixth grade team that had not really had any success. And here's the thing though. It's, this sounds crazy, but it's it's still the same. You're teaching. There's a dynamic that you you want to communicate a subject matter, and you got to figure out what wins, 
And then you got to figure out how to do that to win. And then you start winning, and then the players believe, and then you win some more, and then they have confidence. And and, and it's the same with the sixth grade team as it is with an NFL team. Did you show them your resume? I mean, you didn't get the head coaching job. You only an OC, so I, pretty tough. I I didn't want listen. I didn't want to deal with the parents. Number one, we were back in Texas. <laughs> Would <laughs> so you I'm rather like, hey, deal? I'm with... not going to deal with any parents. <laughs> Would you rather deal with the media or parents? The media. <laughs> the media. I've gone honestly, and and the parents were great, but I've gone to a number of high school games because my son played high school football and I'm amazed. I'm amazed and in awe or in shock of the behavior or cluelessness that I observe in the bleachers. I, I, I it's just, and I don't know if it's the parents trying to live vicariously through their children yeah. or not maybe understanding or, or, or really failing to realize the, the bigger picture, which is just the growth of their child's education. And I'm not talking about just sports. It could be um, the band for a gal. It could be arts. It's just part of like growing up and look, there's a few that I understand that they can go on maybe and play in college. And then maybe I don't discount any of that, but just the, some of the behavior or attitudes that, that you observe or you just cringe, but no, I would choose the media every day over um, the, the parents and, uh, that was part of the deal. I, I didn't have to visit with the parents about why Johnny or Billy wasn't playing or anything like that. Saints head coach Sean Payton at the Eagles on Sunday, Thanksgiving, uh, hosting the Bills, and then you host the Cowboys. You're coming off back-to-back losses. How long does it take to put a loss to the side and move on? I would say, generally speaking, you know, there's that 24-hour, maybe a little bit longer, um, maybe a day and a half or so, uh, depending on – this this one this past weekend, um, I don't know that I'll ever get over it. You, you know, in other words, just the the way the way the game unfolded, how we wanted to play it, and then you know to have some of the things take place that took place. Um, uh, it's just it's tough. It's tough because you you dive into a week with you know your total preparation, and and I think um, man, I think we just in, in a lot of ways. Uh, it, it, we've seen it happen each weekend with the officiating, and, and it, it, that's the that's the hardest thing to get past is, you know, when when they're not up to speed, maybe or or or, or it happened to the Bears, you know, a week a week and a half ago. Yeah, and I don't know if you've watched yourself on the sidelines, the reaction in that game, but if they were thought bubbles, I'd love to know what you were thinking. I think though, look, I honestly I can recall a little bit of it. And I think in, in, you know, back at 10 years ago, I'd have been, I think it was, I was, I may have been thinking that, but I was, I think a little bit calmer and just, I hate getting to the point where it's expected. We're like, you're numb. And, but those kind of things can happen. You know, I mean, they just, and, and, and I look at that more, uh, from an overall leadership perspective and training perspective and like that, those problems start at the top, not at the individual crews. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, somehow we got to reduce the variables, but can you talk to the league about that? Do you, do they let, let you have a voice? Um, yeah, look, I was part of the competition committee for a while and, uh, 
And so it's just it's it's something that I, I know uh, other head coaches and general managers. I know most in this profession uh, believe in certain things and to, to help that change. And I look, I know there's a, a number of people in our positions that believe these guys should be full time. I mean, I that they should be coming back Monday. In, in, in centralized locations, how are 17 crews ever going to be on the same page when um, when there's a conference call or a Zoom call? And then, you know, that but that's for that's for another day right now. But, Coach, you know, the stakes are too high, you know, with what's going on with gambling. I mean, this is big business. We know that um, the NFL yep. can afford yep. full time officials. Uh, listen, I would agree with you. But I would agree with you. Don't you want to say to the betting public, we, we, you know, we're taking this seriously. We have to. We have to improve. Yes. Like, we have to. And, and look, everyone, everyone watching and participating and, and involved in it deserves better. How close did you come to getting OBJ? Uh, um... I thought, look, we had good conversations. He's from here. I, I thought only he could answer that, but I thought uh, I felt real positive. I, you're in the middle of game week, so you're preparing for another game. And look, if he's truly interested in coming, here's our pitch. Here's what we think. Here, you know, and then at that point, you know, he can sort through that. And we had several conversations. I, I would say close. I, the question would be, I, all along, if LA had, had an opportunity, I knew that's where he was going to go. And I don't think Los Angeles really was an option until like maybe middle of the process. Um, yeah, I, I would say fairly close, but I think only he would be able to answer that. I wonder if Drew Brees was still your quarterback. Would you have? Would you have landed him? I think. I think L.A. I'm meaning that, that sometimes oh, it didn't matter. It's just an area. Okay. okay. I, I think. It, yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah, I, I was just wondering about that, that, you know, you could have him come back home and he can be the featured wide receiver. Like, I don't know what you, is this like your recruiting pitch as if you were a college coach when you're trying to get somebody? Well, I, I think in a, in, a, in a very small, like micro, I mean, just in a very small, quick two-day process, I think this ultimately, and I can, re, you know, in recruiting, for instance, there are certain bullet point things that you need to, who are the decision makers, what's most important. And I think LA was important more than I think Los Angeles was important for him. And, and, and I think that I get it. Where do you stand on the taunting rule? I think it's, I think it's being over officiated. I, I sat in on like the, the, the discussions. I think, I don't think any of us that discussed it saw it where it is now. Who was asking for it, Coach? Because I didn't know that it was, you know, this uh, real dilemma. That this is a big problem in the NFL with with. Yeah, content. look, I think here's. But, but in fairness to that question, it, it, it's like anything else. The line's got to be eventually bright. You know, when you start having players stand over players, you know, crawl over players with their crotch. That, that there's there's got to be. Like, hey, if, if if you and I watch a game and we say, just sit next to each other and turn to each other and we say taunting, that's probably a taunting foul. 
You with me? Yeah. And and we would see it and think, ah, oh, that's that's too much. Like you, you can't do that. Um, but I think then therein lies the challenge of communication as to, hey, this is. I'm going to show you 50 clips, and you tell me which ones you think should be called taunting. And it's no different than roughing the passer. That's, so what's the first word? And it's roughing. And, and so if I turned to you and we watched a game, I, I think we'd be able to say that's probably roughing. But I don't like the word roughing the passer because if I graze your helmet, I didn't rough you. And and I why can't I that and be so, a five yard no, penalty? No, I like the word roughing. I like the word roughing. Why? All right, and I don't want to call anything if I graze anyone in football. Oh, okay. But they do. <laughs> all right, let's let's go all the way back to this is shoots and ladders. We're back at the very at the very beginning <laughs> of, the, of the discussion. I don't want you to get fined, Coach. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> how much have you been? Well, you lost a whole salary, but except for that, how many times have you been fined by the league off? By the way, I did once. Why? Why didn't I? I never understood that. And I, I know it's not my money, but I like, man, you got to. I would have been livid. Like you're going to take a salary away from me the whole season. Like I'm mad on your behalf. You're you're over it, maybe. That was that was the well, not ever. That was the first two months that we talked about before. Man, you know, it was the 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 anger, and it was look, it was it was done, it was done. It was a way to try to circumvent really what the rules uh, at that time were, and that's it's five hundred thousand at that time for a league employee. But, um, <laughs> oh, that's a lot of money. How about we yep. talk about your yep. team? How's your team doing, Coach, going into this game? Again? <laughs> <laughs> I've never been able to come on the Dan Patrick show and for a brief moment via telephone feel like I made him like awkward or uncomfortable, and I just felt like I did that. So team's doing good. We're yep. banged up a little bit. We yep. go to Philly. Um, <laughs> we do have this unique Thursday not Thursday night game, but it's it's unusual we play Thursday night Thanksgiving, and then we flip around and play again home Thursday versus the Cowboys. So so we're going to see the Eagles, and we're going to see the Bills, and we're going to see the Cowboys. Um, and I don't know if that's like what three games in however many days. But uh, So I think part of his being the head coach is just being smart relative to how much time we're on our feet and how to manage the practice schedule, those, those type of things. What do you what do you do against Tom Brady that other coaches don't do? Why why are you successful against Brady? I look I I think this I, number one I think we have a good defense, but you know what I mean. I, I think and in, in, if you have a good defense, then I think then, um, you know that's part of it. It's a hard fought game. We unfortunately we weren't in the playoff game, and I, I think there are a lot of things that go into winning. And if you're playing him and you're turning the ball over at midfield, you're going to pay. If you're playing him and you're not capitalizing, you know, like almost like there's not going to be these errors that sometimes you get when you're playing another player at that position. And certainly, the, you know, a player that, that our league's never seen at that position. So your margin for error has to be sharp. And, and I think defense, you have to have a good defense. I mean, I think that, look, 
if you go back and, re- and remember the Tampa game in New England and it was the return and the rebirth and holy cow. All right. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable that the, the, the media attention to that game and man, New England has got a good defense and that game was, I think down to the you know final score yeah. with a rookie quarterback. And so I do think it starts with, a, you know, obviously a good defensive plan and understanding maybe some of the basic principles of how to win and not how to lose. I still think back when I think of drafts and you told us that, you know, hey, we were trading up. We were we wanted or we were going to get Mahomes. And uh, and then you, you ended up taking Lattimore, who's obviously a very good player. But just that. What is that? Well, we didn't know at the time. So I don't know if you were like crushed where you're like we got Mahomes and then you don't have Mahomes. And and what's that feeling like when I you don't get him? At the time, at the time, at the time, realistically, you have a small bubble there. We're picking eleven, and so this is, I think, what happens in a lot of draft rooms. You have, yeah, you have to have at least as many players in the bubble as there are picks, or you, or you don't have a pick. Like you, you have to like. And I knew it was Lattimore and Mahomes in this cloud, and there were three picks left before it was our pick. So you're getting to a spot where when there's two picks left and you have two in your, you, you're getting one of your guys. And so Lattimore, we didn't think was going to be available. And here, here was the, here was the, 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 the question in a nutshell, it was help your team now with the corner while you have drew or help your team long-term with, with the uh, quarterback. And we were, we were once pick nine was made, we knew we had one of the two, one of the two choices. And I don't know if pick 10 was someone else, what we would have done at 11. We were discussing, you know, back and forth about the QB in the corner. Mm. And then, so at the time when something like that happens, there are times where you're just like, uh, you had one guy, someone stepped up, took your guy, and you just, you're, you're dejected. Or, you know, I've seen that happen. But I think the, the feeling was when Andy, when the Chiefs went to 10, I knew right away it was going to be for Patrick. <laughs> and then we knew we were getting Lattimore. Yeah. So there, there, there wasn't a room of, like, dejection or it was it was kind of high fives like man we just we had no idea we thought this corner would slip and he ended up being the rookie of the year but it's funny how those things can happen you know and in after working him out in in uh in college we like we crept out of town we got on the owner's plane we didn't take let anyone see us it was a private workout uh it was it was that it was that good I'm talking about Patrick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you just, you know, these draft day things. I remember the Cowboys, I thought they were going to take Johnny Manziel, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, because Jerry's going to get involved in this. I remember. Oh. Yep, 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 I remember. Oh, man. It's, right? Right. <laughs> well, here's the thing. The, the the funny thing about all of that, the funny thing about all of that, what was the year draft day came out? Oh, the Costner the movie. movie. Uh, Paulie Googled yeah. it. 
2014. That movie came out. 2014. All right. What, what was the Manziel draft? 2012. Has it been that long? 2012. Oh, no. It's I'm same year. Is, no, it's same year, Coach. 2014. Same year. I, I, that's what I thought. So, and, and in the movie, in the movie, I think the Browns go with the, the scout, the Costner graded player as opposed to, and in real life. They passed on Bo life, Wallace. They put, passed on Bo Wallace, and they took uh, Mac the linebacker. Right, and you recall they tested Bo Wallace. Yeah. They, you know, they had all these little things. If you turn to page 48 and you see this, send it back to us, and they knew he didn't look at the playbook, and they worried about his leadership. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then in real life. <laughs> <laughs> was, was Manziel Bo Wallace? Now, listen, I, I, I remember – a little bit. I, I, I wasn't a part of the Manziel draft. What was Manziel's year? It was his 12th season. I yes. Was, I remember I was coming back from suspension, and look, I followed his season. It was magnificent. I spent time with Johnny, um, actually discussed and spent some time about bringing him in here for, you know, this was years ago um, when the Super Bowl was in Houston. And, uh, and so I, I think, look, we root for guys like we root for like, all right, what's the best thing he can do and let's do those things with him and let's see him have success. We, we root for players. We we don't root against. And so, yeah. but I, I just thought there was some irony. The, the, the movie, the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> and it, it, I mean, it was, it, it was, uh, it was right at the same time. Hey, uh, it's great to talk to you as always. We appreciate when you join us, and I hope there's no sequel to this movie because that means you get suspended again. So, uh, <laughs> wait, you're not laughing. Yeah, I, I, I hope I, I hope there's no sequel as well. <laughs> That's safe to say. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Appreciate your time. All right, Dan. That's, hey, I appreciate uh, your friendship. See you. uh, Sean Payton, Saints head coach. We'll uh, unpack some of those items. (laughs) Take a break after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Murphy backhands the puck off the left wing boards to Kershev at center ice. In over the Kraken line to Kane down the slide. He shoots, he scores! Patrick Kane makes it 3 nothing. Hawks after the Hawks had killed off the penalty. Kane snipes it into the top right corner. The 3 nothing lead. And with that point, Patrick Kane has passed Yevgeny Malkin for 62nd place all-time in National Hockey League history in scoring. He's also fourth... On the NHL's active scoring list with just over 1,100 points. That's courtesy of WGN, the Blackhawks radio network. Discover play of the day. The Discover credit card 
You're a valued customer. You deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. That's why Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations to apply. Lots to unpack there with Sean Payton. That's where you get into a conversation and you're trying to take him out of the coaching role and take him out of you're on the radio and hope that he just talks to you. And that was the that was the goal that I had with him because he does give great thought when you ask a question. And I always appreciate that. But talking about the officials, they should be full time. And he knows and and we should all know that we're headed towards something really big. If one of these officials, an officiating crew blows, imagine you know, where where we're headed with gambling, if you had the Rams Saints again with what happened to the Saints in New Orleans with that play in the playoffs, the amount of money, like you just, you can't do that. You got to have full-time officials. If you're going to have billions and billions of dollars at stake with gambling, just the perception that you are valuing the gambler. The NFL, you know, the optics of that is, hey, we got full-time officials now. I mean, what's what's it costing you? Gambling is going to make you billions. What's it going to cost you to make your officials full-time? I mean, we're just starting with gambling. But imagine you get suspended and it costs you $8 million. And then he goes back and he coaches his son, Pop Warner team. That's how the movie came about. McLevin has an against the grain, yep. the topic before we hit the music. Underdogs, you should bet on this week and moving forward the rest of the season. Okay. Okay, I think I actually have a system here. Oh. A reason that can inform your strategy. All the teams that traded away their first round pick will try harder the rest of the season. All right. The non-tanking teams, I call them. The tanking teams are going to play for a higher pick. The Dolphins gave away their pick. They're about to get red hot. They play the Jets this week. Mm -hmm. The Bears gave away their pick for Justin Fields. I'm calling the upset. They play the Ravens in Chicago. You know the Ravens don't have running backs, Dan. No, they haven't. But they got a running quarterback. Yeah, but the Bears' defense is good. I think the Bears, they're six-point dogs at home. That's crazy. The Niners gave away their pick. Uh, they for Trey Lance. They're at Jacksonville. They're about to go five and five. You think they're going to beat Jacksonville? I think so. Mm, okay. Is that? Oh no, not one of your feelings. Okay. And the last one, <laughs> the Colts uh, tr- probably traded away the first round for Carson Wentz. Yeah. Do you realize they won four or five, yeah. and their only loss was overtime to the Titans, the yeah. best team in the NFL? Yeah. That's a really good team, and they're not playing for a draft position. Watch out for the Dolphins, Bears, 49ers, and Colts, because they are not tanking. That is my system. Hottest rookies, the biggest superstars, the all-time greats, only one place to collect them all. Panini trading cards. Start or continue collection at PaniniAmerica.net. Drew Bledsoe. He joins us coming up. Final hour. More of your phone calls as well. Dan Patrick Show. 
One more item as we close out hour two. If you think it's easy to spot a scam in an email, you might want to think again because cyber criminals use spear phishing attacks that are more tailored in research than normal scam phishing emails. These attacks focus on an individual and they try to trick them into revealing personal information by posing as a trusted friend, a boss, company, or family member. It's important to understand how cyber crime and identity theft are affecting our lives because every day, every day we put so much information at risk on the internet and in an instant, a cyber criminal could harm what's yours, your finances, your credit cards, your credit. Good thing there's LifeLock, helping you detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. And if you've been compromised, they'll send you an alert. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. Keep what's yours with LifeLock by Norton, and you can join now and save up to 25% off your first year with promo code Patrick. 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Promo code Patrick for 25% off. 